That's right. We didn't get a rose, but we're still here. I'm your host, Mike Carosa, and with me, as always, my co-host. It's your boy, Chris Mejia. A little bit muted because we're doing this at 9 a.m. for him. <laughs> Good morning. Nine thirty nine. Okay, I've been up for five hours just sitting. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. You. I woke up twenty minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) You had half a coffee and went to the bathroom and then said, "I got to record this." I love you so much to your girlfriend, and then you got on. Mm -hmm. I guarantee that's how it went. That's exactly the itinerary of my morning. (laughs) Well, good morning, sweet angel. Joining us today to discuss a movie that we will reveal later in the episode, or if you're impatient, you could read the title of the episode and <laughs> see for yourself. Uh, is is a is the man behind a band that I've I've really gotten into recently. Uh, welcome, Will from Full Blown Meltdown. Hi, Will. Yo, what's up, dude? Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks for doing the podcast. Thanks for picking a banger of a movie. Uh, And also, I just want to tell you on record, on record, Mollify by Full Blown Meltdown. Hell of an album. So fucking good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, dude. I appreciate that so much. It's getting like mad traction. So it really is. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it happen in real time. And I'm really happy about it because it's like. I don't know. It's fun when something grips you that hard. The album is really strong. It's so good. And like, it, tell me more about Full Blown Meltdown, the the genesis of it. Wait, like, because it feels like this is a newer project, if, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, dude, it's brand new. So for the past three years now, um, starting at the end of 2020, I was like, man, I need to like do something to get my energy out because I, I was mm-hmm. stuck in the house for forever and mm-hmm. you know like all the normal covid stuff mm-hmm. but uh so i hit up my best friend and i was like hey tony this was the singer of all my old bands and i was mm-hmm. like what, what if i told you i wanted to come over to your house and i wanted to record some music and he was just like dude i would say come up and let's do it and i was like well you know i don't know what i'm doing on guitar i don't know what i'm doing with singing <laughs> or anything i was like i just picked this stuff up at the beginning of covid i picked up playing guitar and no i was shit. like so yeah, dude. So I was like, and I'd played drums and bass my whole life. So that, that stuff was already there. But I hit him up. We started recording together. And my singing was god awful. My guitar playing was god awful. And Tony was like, we're going to take a year. And we're going to teach you how to sing and play guitar. And I was like, sounds great. So we sat in his studio every single week while he taught me how to sing and taught me how to play guitar. And then oh, yeah. after that first year, I wrote, all, I started writing all the songs. Dude, okay. you'd never be able to tell. You're doing so much crazy shit on that album with your voice. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This is uh, I'm dead this is going from I can't sing, I can't sing to being like, I don't know. The, you're doing a lot. Like Teeth Marks is one of the the standout tracks to me um, on the on the record, especially because of just how high you can get, and you're doing <laughs> yeah. a lot of like the modulation in the music is crazy. It's so yeah. good. Oh, thanks, dude. I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. I don't believe your story because it doesn't, <laughs> oh, sound, dude, I... it doesn't sound like that's how you came into making this music. It sounds like you're like, okay, uh, for legal reasons, I have to tell people this. <laughs> Chris, I promise you, my dude, I promise you, dude, you should hear the, when when Tony and I first started for the first year, <laughs> we were we recorded a five song EP where I played guitar horribly and sang horribly. And then he gave it to me and was like, now, do you hear this? 
we're not putting this out to the public because this is why you <laughs> suck. And I was like, dang, dude, you are so right. So legitimately, dude, Tony's like, took that and, oh, bro, t- dude, he's my best friend, though. But he is my best friend in the world because you was like if Rick Rubin was trade. a bully. Just... <laughs> <laughs> yes, dude. But but oh, my gosh, you, you guys would not believe he's like the, the best dude ever. But legitimately, we've been best friends for I think it's been 12 years now. And Beautiful. ever since. Yeah, ever since I was uh, in his bands where I would play drums, um, the way that we got to be like so brutal to each other was I'll never forget the first time it ever happened. I was mm-hmm. we were in the studio in Ohio uh-huh. and we had three weeks in the studio to finish an album and he was the singer and he was reaching for notes that I was like, Tony, your voice ain't there, dude, your voice ain't there. And everybody's trying to tell him very nicely. And literally, I had to go in the vocal booth with him and be like, Tony, we're rewriting this part. You're not good enough to sing this part. And he got so mad at me. It Uh, was insane. He stormed out of the studio. Dude left. Literally that night, you know, we slept in bunk beds at the studio. He reaches down. He hands me a note because, you know, we're like younger kids at this point. He hands me a note and it's like, I'm sorry. And thanks for being like the only friend who would tell the truth. And I was like, oh, yeah, dude. And ever since then. I swear to God, he's paying me back. Like he's been I mean, paying me back in full. I mean, it is kind of nuts to go. Um, hey, let's go through all the process of recording an entire EP. And now, not only am I handing it to you on physical <laughs> media, I'm telling you now, this is the blueprint for why you fucking suck. And did he? Like, yes. Did he throw up double birds and walk away backwards? Like, <laughs> no, no, no. In, in all reality, he, he did it. He did it way nicer. He really did. He was just like, he was like, all right, dude. Like, this is what we're gonna learn off of because sure. y- y- you're not doing this. You're not doing that. You're not singing right. over the pencil. Yeah, you know all that kind of stuff. And right. he was very nice about it. But at the same time, it was a very big man, dude. Like, you fucking suck. No, it was. It was like he sent you two text messages. The first one was the Google Drive that had the album. And the second one was Indeed.com. <laughs> and he was I, like, take what you will with these two messages. Yeah, I'm seriously. shocked, shocked to learn that this is a matter of you like taking a like this is crazy. The 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 backstory on full blown meltdown right now is blowing my mind, considering what you get on like it's been one of the most catchy releases that I've I've come across this year. It's innovative, yet it hits some of the more familiar beats, which grabs you and keeps you around. And it's uh, it's like it's the closest thing to a musical that I, I feel like I could get into. It's Dude, got that, that, that vibe. That was like my aim, bro. That was Shut my whole aim. No, that's perfect. I've Yo. been having a really good time. Listen, uh, if you're if how would you describe? Because I wouldn't one of those things that you, you, you know, you're talking to musicians and their bands and stuff and you're like, Oh, I'd describe it as this, and like this is the music I'd describe it as. And then you know, you look them in the at their face while you're saying it, and they're like, I don't know if I'd call it that. Yeah, you know what I mean? so give me a word for your music because yeah. I know so little about the rock world. Um, oh, it, dude, it's cool, Chris. It's cool. So I, like, I just I, don't want to. I don't want to mislabel it, and it ends up being a hella disrespectful. So you, ha- <laughs> how would you describe? Because I, because I listen to the album as well, and I, I uh, like just like any other suburban team, like grew up listening to a lot of like pop punk and punk and yep. rock and stuff. Uh, so like reminded and kind of like hit that like nostalgia of like, Oh yeah, I just naturally like music that sounds like this. 
Uh, so I, but I don't want to call it that if that's not how you label it. No, so no, how no, you... Dude, you, you are all good. Trust me. There has not been a single review that has actually <laughs> labeled me what I want to be labeled. Like, <laughs> okay, makes here we go. Let, let's get this out on record. What do you want it to be labeled as? Dude, okay. So legitimately, all I want growing up was alternative. I love alternative music. Wow. I just want to be labeled as alternative. That is it. But the amount of every single review is, this is emo at its best. This is pop punk doing this. And yeah. I'm just like, yo, I was not aiming for any of that. Like, where the fuck did I go wrong? But like, legitimately. Or go right. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's, what I'm, that, that's honestly what I'm thinking. Because like, I legitimately tried to write an alternative record and ended up writing an emo pop punk record. And that's totally fine. It's cool. I don't care. I mean, like, you know. It's very funny to me. That you're like, I can't believe people are thinking this is emo. And the very first song is something is very, very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's followed by nothing matters. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yep. yes, it's, dude. It's, and then later, <laughs> later in the album, well, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I, I have to agree with like what my instinct is to call it like, you know, a, a pop punk, but there is like an alternativeness to the pop punk because what you're doing with it is not just like this. Look, no shade to a bunch of pop punk bands out there. I love yeah. what you're doing. <laughs> keep it up because I listen to it, obviously. But there's something extra to it that does feel like it separates it from the pack. I really uh, I mean, I can't recommend this record enough. It is it is one of those things that like, you know, um it prompted me to reach out to you. You know what I mean? Like I listen to it. I go through this every morning at work. Like I'll, I'll pick an album when it's slow and I'll put it on and see if I get into it. If I don't like, you know, I cut it short. This made it an easy listen, played it twice. And then I messaged Will directly. And I was like, I really love this album. And dude, and that, I, that's my favorite. I love yeah. when people message me. I love that. That's it. You know? And I, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Like if something can, first of all, general rule to all our listeners, if you connect with anything an artist makes, especially in this day and age, doesn't matter if they have like, you know, two followers or 30 million, then let them know. Like it, it'll, it it'll especially away. mean more if they don't have two million, like just yeah, reaching absolutely. out to someone. I mean, on, but like, that's a good point. No matter the follow account, it's just nice to know, even if it's just one person, it's just nice to know that someone fucks with the thing that you put out. Yeah. Views it as, like as enjoyable or as like valuable as you because like obviously we put out art because we want to like that's what drives us that's what you know yeah. gives us purpose and, and and energizes us but then and like sometimes i feel like people who don't do creative shit don't f will never fully understand like because it comes mm. off as like oh you just want people to like it so like your ego and all that and it's, it's like, like okay oh my gosh sure, AI, but like no like i just want to know that like people fuck with what i want to do and what i yeah. want yes, to put exactly. out there it just it's just nice knowing the amount of work i've put into this not necessarily that it would have gone to waste if no one liked it, but it's just nice knowing, like, if I want to keep doing this, I have support. Yes. Or I have people out there, whether it's like a fuck ton of people or a little bit, bit of people. I have there's people out there who are like, I want the, I like this and I want more of this. And it just it just hits so much. Dude, dude what you just said is one of the smartest things that anyone has ever said to me because no one else has understood this. Like. Mm -hmm. So, so my significant other, my, my wife is legitimately 
the most not she does not care about like making art like she's very uh book smart very uh just super intelligent super intelligent but she does not understand my drive behind like wanting to continue doing this all the time yeah and then recently she's gotten very into the the whole what, what you were just saying she's like well, you're only having so much fun with this right now because be- people are validating it. And like, everybody's telling you, like, they're they're like, oh, you know, everybody's following you now and all this kind of stuff. And she's like, and I know that it wouldn't be as fun to you. And I was like, maybe I've been playing music for 38 years. I was like, yeah. I, I have never stopped playing music. And guess what? No one has ever followed me before. Like, this is the <laughs> first time people have cared. And, and she's just like, okay, that's true. But that is, that's a very wise thing. Not many people yeah. get that. Also, that's, I mean, just from that story, that's also a very good, like, what's the word I'm looking for? I've only been awake for 30 minutes, so bear with me. Uh, (laughs) But it's a very good, just like, also a good example of how just like we often ask, I mean, just in life in general, this is not just specific to creatives, but I feel like especially with creatives, uh, is there's already so much out there. So it's just hard numbers wise for people to find you, not because of the quality of what you put out, but just because there's just so much out there. And then oftentimes you feel like you're like grinding, putting all of this work in, putting stuff out and nothing really gets noticed. And we feel like, oh, if we don't, you know, become a name in our first five years or first 10 years or whatever, or by age 25, age 30 or whatever, like I should just hang it up and whatever. And just sometimes like, but then like, if you hold out, then like, like then like shit will like can fucking happen. Like, uh, I forget who I was watching a interview and someone was like, uh, like, they were talking about the difference. Oh, I think it was actually Seth Rogen where he was talking about the difference mm. between people I know who made it and people I know who didn't was that the people I know who made it like stuck it out because and yes. he, like use the example of, I don't think he knows him personally, but he used the example of who's the old homie from, um, he was in a uh, Lord of the Rings. He was, uh, he was Gandalf. What was his name? Oh, oh dude, Ian, dude. I don't know what his name is in real life. Ian. Ian McCullen. Is it Ian McCullen? McKellen. I Sir, oh, yeah. is Sir Ian yes. McKellen. Ian McKellen. Yes. Thank you. Uh, so it was Ian McKellen and how like he was just an old dude who like, sure, he did like probably like stage and theater stuff. But he, he didn't really like pop off, stuff. pop off no. until like Lord of the Rings. And he was like fucking how old when he was doing that <laughs> shit? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. dude. So yeah. it's just like well, it, that's just a true testament. There we go. A true testament to like how just like timelines are not linear. Uh, yes, and they exactly. don't matter because like it's better to like it takes a while but then you put out shit that people really fuck with then like we're like it's just or i guess the real takeaway is just like like not it's a waste of time to to worry about like oh i've been doing this for this long or fucking yeah. like i have kind of like... better to do while i'm young or whatever it's like no just It'll, it'll, when you pop out good shit, like it'll, it'll be good. And it's just a matter an of an audience will find you. Yeah, exactly. Yes, they Especially will. Especially now, there are a lot of avenues for that. And I think the first audience member in anything you do is yourself, right? So, like, yep. if you're, if, if you're not doing something that connects with you as an audience member, how's it supposed to connect with anybody else, right? So, I think, first of all, this is a good way to say, uh, thank you to everybody who has supported our pivot away from the Bachelor franchise uh, and, uh, <laughs> you know, left us reviews and comments and stuff. Thank you for that. 
Thank you to anybody who is listening and also hoping that we return to the Bachelor franchise because I don't know who knows at some point. But listen, if um, they do another Golden Batch, I'm telling they're you, bro, casting the Golden Bachelorette, it. bro. They're casting the Golden Bachelorette already. It's so I know I it's I happening. want I wanted it to be bad. It was amazing. Okay, and I might go back and watch it, and we might do a retrospective episode on it. So shout out to anybody sticking with us through all that. And I will say, like, shout out to anybody reaching out. Like, like I mentioned to Will, I like I reached out and I say I appreciate your work, and it has happened to me. And I can tell you, it feels incredible. Like, as you know, one guy messaged me thinking I didn't live in Montreal anymore, and he was like, I can't make it to the one show that you have on your calendar right now. Like, is there any chance that you'll be in Montreal again? And I was like, yeah, dude, I I like I live here and I have another show on this date. And I don't I guess something fucked up in my Google Cal because it wasn't listed. And he was stoked, came out to the show, was very kind and said a lot of really nice things about my album and how it, he connected with it. And that's like, I don't know. I was riding high the entire night. It made my day, you know. So oh, yeah, like, dude, dude, that one person makes all the difference exactly. sometimes. It connects with somebody and, you know, like you're like, well, shit, I did this. I felt good about it already, clearly. But then now we're looking at like somebody else getting, you know, this is an album that's been out for three years and he just found it. You know what I mean? So it's like it, it feels yep. amazing. So thank you. If you if you want to send a, a compliment our way, you could do it by following us at We Didn't Get a Rose. Uh, and uh, you can follow us at the usual links uh, that we'll put in the show notes. Uh, under our respective link trees for Mike Croza, M-I-K-E-C-A-R-R-O-Z-Z-A, and Chris Mejia Comedy. Um, I do have another thing to plug real quick, which is that my other podcast, Am I the Bullcast, about Magic the Gathering based on my column over at Commander's Herald is live, so I don't know what the crossover is between rom-com lovers and Magic the Gathering players, but if you're here, check out the podcast that just came out. The next episode you know should what? be out. If you are out there and you not only love rom-coms, but you also fuck with Magic the Gathering, just shoot Mike a message because I feel like there's six <laughs> of you out there. And y'all need to be y'all need to create a Facebook group or a yeah. text group or something. Just, it's already just all my friends in the Magic group I have here. <laughs> That's who it is. That but, is uh, so yeah. funny. Mike, I had it's no idea smallest you played crossover. Magic, bro. Oh, I dude, no I'm idea. surrounded by this stuff. That's what all this Isn't is that? Yeah, me. I was about to say all his artwork That's is Magic the Gathering. These are uh, the legends from Commander Masters. That's Nick Those Shrine and Nick's all oh, behind me. me. Huge into magic. Been playing since I was a kid, and uh, I write for Commander's Herald, and the, the podcast is popping off, and here's the thing. Because of the podcast, I'm going to be at command at the Magic Fest in the in the in Chicago in February. I'll be doing shows oh, leading yeah. up to the fest. So uh, February 17th to the 23rd. Keep your eyes out for comedy dates. And then uh, for the 23rd to the 25th, I'll be doing magic stuff in Chicago. So shout out to anybody out there who wants to hang out or see some shows. Now, Will, what is the best place to follow full blown meltdown? Oh, man. Uh probably just my twitter honestly because that's where i am like 99 percent of the time i love yeah. kicking it all there it, it's mm -hmm. like my smallest thing that i have but it, it like has like the people that are the most faithful so it's just twitter.com slash full-blown meltdown mm -hmm. but um but it's mltdwn on full-blown meltdown yeah, but yeah, yeah there or or, or my yeah dude or, or my tiktok or my instagram it don't matter i don't even have a website that is how yeah like new i am dude i, I mean i'm brand new to this stuff is it the same so handle it's... across all platforms is it t like full-blown uh, yeah. yep. mlt mlt dwn 
Yep, like, that's it, man. That and it. I mean, you can you can get the album on Bandcamp. You can stream it wherever you want. It's it's out there. It's called Mollify. Make sure you listen to it. It's a really really great album. I I really can't stress enough how much I love this record. So please give it a listen, and uh, and share it. Share it around. Tell people to listen to it. Something connects with you. You let them know, and also you share it around. So, without further ado, we do have without to... further ado. <clears throat> no, what's the word? No, what's the scoop, Chris? Now it's time, Christopher, for Bachelor News. <laughs> Why are we still doing this segment? That's right. Welcome to the segment, Bachelor News, where I keep annoying Mike by somehow piping in this segment into the episode. I can't uh, believe you're doing this. <laughs> I I knew there was Bachelor news, and I'll tell shut you up. why. Be- shut up! No, shut okay, up! Fine. No, Bachelor in Paradise ended, and guess what happened? Go ahead. Bachelor Chris, in Paradise everybody. ended with three and couples: so did Ab- every relationship, Avon <laughs> and Kylie, and then John Henry and Cat, and then Aaron, and then uh, Eliza, Eliza, and all three couples who left Paradise, thinking we have found love, we are engaged. All of them broke up pretty pretty Within quickly. Days of the finale. Just truly, uh, truly Avon a apparently cheated thing. on Kylie. Which, um, who who saw that coming? John Henry uh, apparently once he was no longer on a Mexican beach with free drinks realized Cat was a piece of shit. And then yeah, and Aaron, I don't know what right happened with gate. Aaron. And... The woman called her favorite color beige. I'm sorry, that's a scary person. <laughs> okay, what else? Who we got? Aaron and Eliza. Eliza knew she's too good for Aaron. Aaron's a cornball. He needs somebody to match that energy, and she's not hitting it. I forgot that Cat's favorite color was beige. How the yeah. fuck, out of all of the colors out there, beige? Cat <laughs> is great TV, but man, would it suck to know her. Anyway, <laughs> I can't believe you shoehorned Bachelor News into today's episode. And that's Chris, it. I love that you did that. I love <laughs> that you did it, though. Damn it, Will. Chris. Sorry, dude. Let's go. I forgot I have a soundboard. Anyways, I'm a professional reporter. That's it for Bachelor News. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. You want to report on something? How about you report on what movie we're doing, huh? Tell us about this movie. We we have a great movie. uh, And, uh, Will, if you can do us a favor. And we (laughs) we like to ask everybody. Uh, what the movie they introduce, what it means to them, and what is their history with the movie. So, uh, if you can oh share. man, okay, cool. So, for, uh, wait, am I gonna say what the movie is too? Well, it do the honors. Oh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, what oh, one of the best rom coms to ever exist. Um, so the reason I actually chose this movie, which is so weird, is my wife and I's first ever date was to go see. A Jason Siegel movie. Um, oh. oh, yeah, so wow. I, 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 yeah. Fifteen years ago, we went and saw um, what was it called? The the one where he's best friends with Paul Rudd. I love um, you, man. Oh, um, oh, I love, I love you, man. man. Yeah, that, yeah, that was it. That, that was That's our fun. first ever date, man. So I was like, yo, I love this guy. I, I got an option to choose this movie. So you know, I had to choose this movie because yeah. legitimately, it, it has some of my favorite people in hollywood in it i I mean paul rudd is just the he's in this movie for five minutes but he is the best part of this whole (laughs) thing and and then what what is the dude's name in real life um jack mcbrayer yes 
Uh, yeah. Like it, 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 there are just so many good people that have little side yeah. hustles in this movie that are so uh, good. And then jo- Jonah Hill shows up for a minute. I mean, come mm-hmm. on now. It, it's literally perfect. <laughs> Jonah Hill not doing so great these days, but I'll tell you what, he was had a heyday and it was solid. You, this oh, that's my connection to this movie is that in 2008, this is like the uh, pre or just post super bad era of Jonah Hill. And this is the time of my life where everybody was like, what, what are you, Jonah Hill? This fucking guy that uh, it was inescapable. <laughs> you couldn't. This was after this must have been after Super Bowl. Yo, but shout out is, to shout out to 2007 through 2009. Some real bangers of comedies came yeah, out. Yes. In those years. Re- recession. Whether times, they aged well we're, we're or coming. not, they were they were fucking like because uh, like it, I, I don't know if it's the same, but like. Pineapple Express was also during this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm by the way, I'm saying movies that I haven't rewatched in a long time. Uh, so keep that in mind. Pineapple <laughs> Express, Tropic uh-huh. Thunder, uh, uh-huh. which surprisingly for a movie with a lot of blackface in it, I fucking <laughs> love. <laughs> <laughs> Very much like I have no ill feelings towards Robert Downey Jr. at uh-huh. all. <laughs> Even after that, what what did you, what did your brother do that Testy did? Even after that, oh my brother! Oh, uh, so get this, my brother he just did Twenty Three and Me recently, which means now I've done Twenty Three and Me, uh, uh-huh. and we found out we're hello West African, uh, we're like West African and then Spain, and oh. he was just like, oh, I'm white because you know majority of us is from Spain. <laughs> And my brother is just as dark as me. It's light, so I look lighter skinned than I am, but uh-huh. he's just as dark as me. And he, with a straight face, was like, I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> like, sir, you're white the same way a yellow marker that's touched black is yellow. That is no longer a yellow marker. That is a black marker now. Oh, my uh, God, dude. But uh, yeah, so I feel like those years, it was just a lot of bangers of comedies. I admit, I didn't I see mean, this there's movie. Also, you didn't even mention Knocked Up or Walk Hard or Semi Pro. Dude, dude. There's, oh, yeah. there's so many. Yeah. But but you, you didn't notice the sequel to Forgetting Sarah Marshall. You got to at least give that one credit. There's a sequel to Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Oh, or no. Get him to the Greek. Get him to the Greek, baby. Come on. Yes, he's the same character. I swear to God. It's in the universe. It's Thomas in this... is the same character. Yes, it comes directly after Forgetting Sarah Marshall. They actually show no stuff shit. from, yes, from Forgetting Sarah Marshall in it because he, you know, obviously left her or whatever. And he right. sees her when he's on the plane. Like, he sees her on, like, the back of the headrest thing on the TV. And he's like, I think I dated that bitch once. And, no and it was like, yes. And it's like, oh, my God, dude. And he's the same character. The only one who's not but the same Jonah character. But Jonah Hill is not the same character. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Oh. Man, I'm looking at the well, then again, it is we are talking about a movie. Look, we have to we have to front load this real quick. We're talking about movies that star Russell Brand, uh, a man who is not great, Um, (laughs) not great at all, (laughs) not good. And Jonah Hill, I also not great, Uh, but for different reasons. (laughs) For different, very yes. yeah, for different very reasons. different reasons. Uh, so uh, uh, and you know, Jonah like, Hill is but, more not great in the sense of you know I'm not gonna talk to that guy at the party. And then yes. right. Russell Brand is the type of not great where you're like, let's just not go to that party. Yes, yeah. yes, uh, hey, that's a bad party, more like you know. So <laughs> um, hard pass. But uh, that said, I mean, I didn't realize Get Him to the Greek was the same one. I watched it so far 
back that I don't remember. Get him to the Greek being Aldous Snow. But okay, so let's dive into Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Forgetting Sarah Marshall is just so funny. The the premise alone of the you know super famous actress, but famous for a crime procedural show. Uh, Basically, in this all, universe, I'm assuming that that this universe CSI, that this movie has made, yeah, it is their version of like a CSI or it but gives me more yeah. CSI than Law and Order vibes. But it's, it's got definitely... CSI vibes, but with Law and Order popularity. You know, yeah, if, you know that makes sense. Like I'm saying, like she's on red carpets like crazy, and I'm like CSI would never. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> well, like... when Miami when Miami was out on the block, like. It it was it was hot. It was hot. It was on hot the block. for sure. But it wasn't like David Caruso was running red carpets. Like it's it's we're talking like Kristen Bell's like Sarah Marshall is out here like walking around a resort and Mila Kunis is like yeah people get pretty fucking stoked that she's here and it's like she's more famous than nobody points out that Aldous Snow is there. Infant Sorrow being the 18th month tour across the world and. You know, uh, like end capping an entertainment show with a music video level of fame, like, but people are freaking out that Sarah Marshall is here. No, 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 no. This is a weird alternate universe. But the show she's on has SVU popularity. Like, she's getting treated like how I'm assuming Christopher Molina or uh, the the. Mar, I I, no, I'm sounding it out. Mariska Hargitay. No, no, I see. I don't. I was gonna get it. <laughs> no, You're I don't on his way, Mike. I know. Uh, what? How did you pronounce it? Mariska Hargate. Mariska Hargata. See, yeah, that was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, well, I, the only reason <laughs> I got it is because the love guru made a joke that that's his mantra word. Like instead of like Namaste, he goes Mariska Hargate, and he says it to her at some point. He goes Mariska Hargate, Mariska Hargate, and then he looks at the camera because it's Mike Myers, and um. Anyway, <laughs> the, point okay, is, the fact that you even saw Love Guru says a look, lot about you, Mike. I it was, don't know about at the time. Before. It was at the time everybody was like, it's got the worst rating online. And I was like, I got to see it. It's on the Internet. You know, it came out uh, 2008. And, you know, every 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 good year of comedies has has a couple, you know, a couple. couple yes. does. So the brother Solomon was back then. But Hot Rod was also back then. You know what I mean? You got some. Yo, wins, you got some oh, it's a it's a rom com. We should watch it. Point is, it's barely a rom com. <laughs> Point is, Peter Brenner is Jason Siegel, and he is dating Sarah Marshall. They've been dating for five years, and uh, she's super famous. And he does the music for their show, and it's he's he feels unfulfilled by that music because it's just ominous and brooding tones. Where it's just like those shows. The music is just kind of background to make it feel unsettling. Because they're saying stuff. Can you say like, Dixicle? You know what I mean. Like the all all those scenes were hilarious. Every every scene lampooning those crime shows, incredible, so funny, and it's exactly what you think it is. It's just, but they have Billy Baldwin as the lead. Oh God, what a movie! It's dude, it's perfect. It's literally perfect. Yeah, there's nothing that they could have changed. I mean, every single character in it is fantastic so funny um, the, the thing you cannot forget is yeah. that he's not only writing the music for their little csi show but he's also uh-huh. writing his own play <laughs> which shot, look 
if you're if you're a keen a keen eared listener, you know that I hate puppets and that they terrify me. <laughs> Wait, hold and on, so- hold on, hold on, hold on. I am not only I am a, a co-host of this show, and I did not know that you hate puppets. I hate puppets. They freak. When me out. has that like ever it. come up on our podcast? It's come up once, and I guess I said it fast. What do you want from me? You know, <laughs> you said it just like, "Are you already recorded?" I hate puppets. Okay, with three, two, one, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I said it while the theme song was playing. No, no, I hate puppets. Always you have, never puppets? liked them. Don't like them. They make me. So I you don't never like fucked with the Muppets or Sesame Street. Nah, not really. Um, no, I guess Damn. when I was a kid. Yo, that's, when I was a kid. Sure. Yo, Will, that's so crazy that you were a guest on the last episode of We Didn't Get a Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Very honored, Chris. Very honored. <laughs> but he is working on his own puppet musical. Based Why don't you like? I'm not letting Dracula. this go. Why don't you no, like you puppets? Let it go. Why don't they you like freak puppets? me out? What do you want from okay. me? Okay, all right. That's out. all we're... I needed to know. If you... it was a fear thing, then that's okay. I that no, that's okay. Just... You're expecting me to connect with this thing and I don't see any, yeah, you know, because it's, it's cute and small. <laughs> I know there's somebody back there. Give me the person back there. What do you want? It's, it's not like ignore, ignore the clearly grown man hiding underneath a black little <laughs> thing to just be a puppet. Stop. Look, stop looking Hell at the no. man and no. look at the frog who's no. trying to sing you a song. And no. then he goes home to fuck his big wife. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher, you can't make me. Anyway, yeah. So Peter is working on. You this know, musical. Kermit got a big dick. If 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 that's if that's his Kermit girl. doesn't have any dick because he's not fucking. He's a puppet controlled nah, by he a got, man. No, nah, Kermit got a big dick because him and if he can bag Miss Piggy, he got a big dick for sure. Kicks, I don't know, man. It might, he directly. might have bagged her. He might have bagged her because she got that big attitude. So no, no one else wants her. Mm, that's true. You never she know. No, who no. She can walk over. Yeah, no, that's no, true. No. That, that big attitude it. is attractive to a lot of people. I don't know, Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy's out there. You know what I mean? Anyway, kicks. <laughs> kicks. If you're listening to this, which I think you are, you can text Chris directly about this one. Uh, with the current a lot of thoughts <laughs> about the the, the fucking social pyramid. And anyway, the, the point is, Chris, may I finish? the point, the point <laughs> is, Peter has been loosely quote working on this musical. It hasn't really been, you know, he's been comfortable in his relationship. He's been working on it. He's shown Sarah and she kind of doesn't get it. So it's kind of to the side. He's working on this musical. But ultimately, Sarah shows up after a while and goes, I think we got to break up. She breaks up with him while he's naked, uh, fresh out the shower. And we see full Jason Siegel dong. Uh, shout out to everybody out there that wants to see that dong. Yeah, you can pause it. It's on DVD. Now, the point <laughs> is, um, he bre- she breaks up with him. Yo, and, he and that's what's wild is that I know Jason Siegel was uh, already in shit before this. Like he was yeah. in. Uh, freaks and geeks yeah, yeah. Uh, and all of that and like he was in knocked up the year before but like yeah i feel like for a lot of people this was like their real first, first starring role like i'm oh i guess he was already in how i met your mother for a minute yeah okay never this, mind this was his first yeah. starring role. Like, starring role yes yeah, yeah. well so uh, yeah i was just gonna say like the fact that your first starring role just everyone sees your dick. It's just like, look, dude, dude, you you gotta give him props for hanging dong on his first thing there. That's amazing. I've not well, only so, is he hanging dong, he wrote it in. It's his movie. He wrote well, so fun fact. He wrote the dong in, he wrote it for himself, and he insisted on keeping it in. And look, man, 
Hey, dude, nice dick. I you be proud of it. Enjoy it. Show everybody if you need. Well, to. so fun uh, fact, if they want it. A big reason okay. why he wrote in his dick in the movie is because that actually happened to him in real life. He got broken up with while naked. And then he, in the back of his head, he was like, "This is like hilarious. he thought. Oh, I'm gonna surprise my person yeah. with naked time." And mm. then they they came home and they're like. We need to talk. And he was just like, I chose a wrong time to be naked. So uh -huh. he decided to write that in because that was a real thing that has happened to him. Yeah. Uh, but and also, according to IMDb trivia, uh, this ex this movie is based off of uh, his breaking up experience with uh, a couple of women, one of them being Linda Cardellini, who was yeah. Velma from Scooby-Doo. So this is me learning that they dated at some point. Uh -huh. But he clarified she was that was on Freaks and Geeks too. Let's not forget that. Uh the naked breakup was not with her and yeah. that she was not she did not cheat on him like she was a great girlfriend they just didn't work out. Sure. Uh but anyways, all of this to say the naked breakup real thing that happened to him and that's why he did it. So he it wasn't just a oh this is funny. No. Let me write this in. This was yeah. this happened to me and was funny in a way. Not at the time, kind of hurt. Uh -huh. <laughs> but hindsight now, helped to make it funny. Hindsight. So that that's why he showed full full hog uh, yeah. on, on screen for America yeah. and if for this America and for freedom. Um, <laughs> I'll say so he gets broken up with by Sarah Marshall and turns out she's been cheating on him with uh, Aldous Snow of Infant Sorrow. And he kind of wallows. He he trusts his brother, Bill Hader, uh, Brian, uh, his stepbrother and his best friend. Uh, you know what I mean? And basically. You know, Brian uh, tries to help him get over Sarah and is also very stern and supportive. Uh, so much so that he's actually in the Dracula musical at the end, which I thought was hilarious oh, because I didn't yes. expect Brian to at all have an artistic bone in his body based on what we got to see of him. I'm stupid. And I thought Bill Hader that. was Sarah Marshall's brother. No. No, 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 no. Stepbrother. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes that makes way more sense. yeah yeah <laughs> i i don't know where i don't know where you went I, hey man <laughs> all right <laughs> you hey man good job uh anyway point is brian encourages jason siegel or aka peter to go on vacation to like treat himself to a little bit of a wait time. Peter picks a resort in Hawaii that Sarah had talked about, but how likely is it that she's going to be there at the same time he goes there? So on a whim, he books a flight. He doesn't even have any accommodation set up. He gets to the front desk and sees Mila Kunis, who is beautiful, just absolutely stunning and so sweet to him. And is like, Hey, the only thing we have available is this $6,000 a night suite that uh, we basically only use for like Oprah or celebrities. And then we find out later on Dakota Fanning uh, qualifies uh, here. <laughs> so that's really fun. D Dakota Fanning's people are coming. Um, yeah, what's she and uh, I don't know what she's up to. But point is, um, who who should show up to front desk while he's trying to book a room? But Sarah Marshall and Aldous Snow and this kicks off all of the events of the movie, which is, you know, Peter finding himself asking Mila Kunis out on a date, you know, them getting to know each other, getting into a fight uh, with uh, with her ex, 
getting into a fight because Sarah Marshall uh, tried to get back with him. Aldis revealing that he'd been, you know, with Sarah for a whole year. Um, a whole bunch of stuff just happens in this movie. And so I think it'd be fun to just, you know, let's take our favorite moments and talk about them uh, right now. Is there anything that comes to mind immediately? What do you want to talk about first? Will oh man, hey, dude, yeah. dude, anything every you want. Single time, if you're gonna talk about anything from this movie, you know exactly what I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna choose probably the part where he goes surfing. Peter goes surfing with uh yeah. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. And, what what is Paul Rudd's character's name in that movie? I literally it's just Chuck, watched it. but then he calls himself Kunu. That's okay, Chuck. Kunu, yes, <laughs> Kunu. But but man, like Yopi. like the part the part where they come in and he's like, man, if you get bit by a shark, are you gonna stop surfing? And Peter's like. Oh uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> like, dude, I was like, man, I love this character. Kudo yeah. is he's just the best dude in that movie. Like, is like this... that is who if I wanted to be someone in an alternate life, mm. that is him. <laughs> oh, but man, you wouldn't even have the airhead. You'd have no space in that brain for anything but being there in that moment because that guy had no concept of alternate lives, anything. Just Paul nothing. Rudd in this movie, it felt <laughs> so very good. much like this was just paid vacation for him. Like yes, he, yes. It was just very much like, what you know, isn't I'm, for I'm, Paul Rudd? I'm it's free all that month. That. I'm free that month. Apatow, I'll pull up and then. You know, I'll be in the background, whatever you want. I'm just here to hang out because I got some homies on the cast. Yeah, but then, and then like, just here's the a couple memorable lines. Character. Just, just, just have fun. And when like, life maybe... gives you lemons, say fuck the lemons and bail. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the weather outside is weather. I still say that to this day. I hadn't rewatched this movie since 20, like 2009, 2010, when it was out on DVD and I worked at a video store and that's where I got it. You know, I also. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, and then you realize 15 years later, you're still quoting him. Oh, he was yeah. That good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the like, um, not nah, Peter. Oh, I don't like that. I'm going to give you a Hawaiian name. Uh, and he's like, <laughs> I don't know. You're doing too much. Do less. Do less. Well, now you're not doing anything at all. You're going to have to do something okay no I, you're doing too much do less and it's just so that whole sequence was maddening and so funny i was gonna say to like to be honest my favorite my favorite people in this movie i know who you're gonna is, say and i love is it honestly the the staff then like the act then like jason siegel or Kristen bell or, or bill Hader. like not where like, i thought I you were gonna go like everyone individually i feel like has like such great like for example like jonah hill answering a random call and being like yes. no i can't sell you drugs i'm at work right now <laughs> to paul rudd just being the most what i assume every uh, white man after they've moved to hawaii is like uh, yes and then on top of that oh i guess they're not staff but jack mcbrayer who's clearly a closeted gay man with his wife who could not for some gay. reason uh, was, I don't think he's gay. I think he's. Just I feel like they serious. hint at that a lot. <laughs> no, I feel like because... that's just him in general, dude. Like as a oh. human being. Oh, he's great. <laughs> like he, like yeah, you're right. He's like, I oh no, that's just... not. He's just Jack McBrayer. It's just <laughs> <laughs> he's just the most uptight, and he's been told all his life that shit like this is dirty, and that's the disconnect. And so later on, when you hear fucking who was it? Uh, who who set, tells and probably Paul Rudd tells him like no there's room for Jesus and fucking like you know and then they cut to the scene where he and Maria Thera are having fucking sex and 
And he's like, that's Christ between your legs, you know, like (laughs) that scene is like, that's what it took for him. It's like he needs it to feel pure in some way. And I don't think that's like gay. I I think I think he's just like a deeply repressed man. I'm misremembering. I'm misremembering his his. Did you rewatch this movie, dog? Like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I did. Oh, shit. Did I call you out? What the fuck? Yo, did I get your ass? I, I I did rewatch it. It just wasn't recently, but I did rewatch it. Uh, it's uh-huh. a long movie. It's a long movie, but oh, I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it pretty recently. So I I I was yeah, okay. I thought okay. I I if I don't I wanted to watch it so it was fresh, but I didn't have the yeah. time. So I was That's just like fair. okay, I'm, I've at least seen it recently. I didn't think that I was gonna hit on something there. I was just fucking with you, but okay. Uh, you Listen, you know me now, us. baby. And for some reason, I don't know you and this puppet fear that you have. <laughs> Yo, but you know about the styrofoam thing. Anyway, yeah, I do know uh, that. I do know yeah. that. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold the fuck up. What the fuck is the styrofoam thing? Oh, Mike is like definitely afraid of styrofoam. I have panic. no way. Yeah. yeah feeling it here cannot it be in the out. same room. Yeah, I, I am very anxious around styrofoam. If people are going to be touching it, moving it, I have to have my headphones in. Hearing it mm-hmm. is bad. Touching it is bad. Touching it one time, it just like felt like I couldn't get it off my fingers, and so I just like scratched at my fingers for a long time. Until so are you afraid like, of like being packed in styrofoam? Like, I really don't know. It's one of those things that like the true the true definition of a phobia being that it's an irrational mm-hmm. fear that can't be explained. That's where I'm at. Yeah, dude. I have no idea, oh, bro. So. Um, Everybody's got that one thing, dude. But that, yeah. that's a good one. Mike doesn't As, like to say it, but a, a little rack of styrofoam murdered his entire family when he was a kid, and just, yeah. just hasn't <laughs> been able to recover from the trauma yeah. ever since. A rack of styrofoam. <laughs> I don't know if that's the proper term. Just you know, I just like. <laughs> God damn it, Chris. <laughs> anyway, um, I do want to talk about how, um. I love the staff. I love that you brought up the newlyweds. I do think that it's fun to talk about. God, I don't know where I want to go next, but okay, here's the thing. Okay, I'm going to lay them out. Three things. Um, There was a very poignant scene between Mila Kunis and Kristen Bell at the front desk where like Sarah's just kind of realizing that she's losing Peter to Rachel. And she's like talking about how great he is and kind of regretting like breaking up. And there's that pain. And Rachel's trying to be like good at hospitality, but also kind of like she's empathizing as a person, a human, yeah, but is also at work and also the dynamics of like celebrity happening. Like, can you believe like it's it's all happening all at once? Incredible scene. I want to touch on that. I want to touch on how Mila Kunis in this movie is just wonderful and charming. And she is a bit of a bully. And that's the best kind of date. And then you've also got Jonah Hill is so perfect in his role in this movie. And I think that's where I want to go next. Jonah Hill as the waiter at the like the resort restaurant. And he's just always around obsessed with Aldous Snow, obsessed with David Sora, which, by the way, not for nothing. If you meet anybody who is this obsessed and into a band that plays the music that we are exposed to by Aldous Snow and Infant Sorrow, like do something in the in the end of the 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 Entertainment Tonight broadcast where that's the song, the lead single where he's like making out with nuns and stuff, 
or inside you inside you being performed impromptu by Aldous Snow at a 4th of July thing you've got this guy if you ever meet somebody who is obsessed with a band that plays music like that they have nothing going on it is such bland nothing 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 at all music that it just feels like what you get out of this is having a focal point for your attention and love. That's all it is. There I is love how no you say substance. That after the beginning of this podcast was, it means the world when you support creatives. <laughs> but here's the thing: there is nothing creative going on with fucking I'm inside you. No, yeah, Aldis so knows all, dude. and you That's see true. it. Yeah, there's nothing creative, and he'll talk like it's creative, but it's like no, it's a means to an end. He's clearly a fucking sex maniac. He's clearly like a manipulating person he's not a good dude obviously and that's why he's perfectly cast but he's not art there's no art to it there's no substance to it anyway point is jonah Jonah hill Hill. perfect dude dude, him giving the album you know his demo cd to albus snow and and albus snow and him being like so have you listened to it and albus was just like i got on with life like yeah (laughs) No, I uh, I thought about listening to it, and then I just carried on living my life and didn't do yeah. it. So, like, Jonah Hill adjusting his boner in his pants after <laughs> kind of, like, forcing Aldous's hand to sing at 4th of July while no band. He doesn't have his own band. He doesn't play his own guitar. Somehow the guitarist there knows inside you. Uh, and, and he begins to sing the song, and Jonah Hill goes, it just went from six to midnight, as in he <laughs> adjusts his dick into his fucking waistband because he's so hard for watching Aldous Snow. Oh, I love it, dude. I don't know. I just thought that he's so fucking sad. This man is I sad. just want to say, I just want to say real quick to and anyone singing along there, to it when he sang along was so fun to anyone out there. If at any point of watching my comedy, you either get a full blown erection or <laughs> you get wet. Um, don't tell me. Keep no, that, Chris, you wouldn't want to know that, bro. I, you gotta want to know that. I'm good because my jokes, some of my jokes involve me having lupus and wanting to kill myself. So I, I would be more <laughs> concerned for your mental than than anything. But yeah, uh, if you're horned me. up listening to my comedy, that's that's great. I love that for you. Don't uh-huh. tell me. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, I want to know. I'd want to know, but mostly because most of my comedy is getting up on stage and being like, I'm an idiot and I'm a little baby. And if you're turned on by that, somebody should know. I love it, dude. (laughs) That's it. My, my whole ethos as comedy is I'm a fun, silly boy. And that is it. If you're like, your comedy is how people find out they have a diaper fetish. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? There's somebody out there. Being like Mikey in a diapy. Mm-mm-mm. Jesus Christ, Chris. Oh, that rhymes. What, <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, okay, so Jonah Hill, perfectly cast in this movie. Like, you've got the best seat in the house. Aldous Snow is right over there when he seats Peter for the first time. And Peter's like, ah, oh, fuck, no. And Aldous is like, why don't you come join us over here? And he does. And, you know, they have like a fine chat and... um. Peter's really making the most of it. You know what I mean? And I think that that's like an admiral thing. And it's also like, obviously he's the leading guy of the movie 
and he's trying to be the big person here. But I do think that um, the movie does a good job of endearing us to Peter in such a way mm-hmm. that like at every turn he's making decisions that are kind of like self-improvement decisions that you're you would hope somebody would have the wherewithal to go through for like yeah. post breakup. Obviously he went through a phase where he's hooking up with women and you know, we get that montage or whatever. And he's trying, you know, he has that moment where he sees Sarah Marshall. And it's like, Peter, did you follow me here? And he's like, yeah, I, I came here to murder you. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Excellent. move. Yeah. So I, I think we get a lot of Peter being like very obviously, um, yeah, uh, a, a redeemable person. Um, the one place I don't think he's redeemable is the vampire musical, but that's a whole other thing. No, I beg oh, to fucking bro. differ. Okay, yes, no, that, that's no. what makes him the most redeemable. Yeah, that's, I'll that, tell you no, why not. No, how do you no. get that much? How long? How much time has passed between him going home to him putting on a show of that scale with no. what budget and who's no. putting that money into this? No. And also, no, hold up. Let me finish. Would, Let me finish. The flyer gets mailed to Hawaii. He is in Los Angeles, I think. He a flyer is sent to Hawaii with no date. They just have a time. Email, Hold Mike. on a second. There's no date. It just says Saturday, <laughs> 8 p.m. It doesn't give a venue. It doesn't have any oh, other information. Shit. This is not a flyer that was printed off once. This is one that was posted up somewhere. And people were like, I don't know, maybe let's go. But they lived in that area. You're sending this shit to Hawaii. You're not even saying where. You're not saying when exactly. And 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 we're to believe that fucking Mila Kunis is just gonna show up. Suck my ass. So, I hated that part of the movie. First and foremost. But also I love that part of the movie. Okay, I thought it yeah, was really, really go. sweet. It's a romantic comedy. Obviously, I'm gonna suspend my disbelief, but I'll tell you what, watching it, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Because okay. I was baked out of my mind and still a detective. So So first and foremost, first and foremost, <laughs> I'm glad you 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 turned around at the end. Uh, I'm not a monster. The whole I love puppet love. play subplot is so good. Because like when it's he so does funny. This when he tries to sing the song at his place at the bar, but he's yeah. so depressed. Oh my god! Um, well, no, no, doesn't he do it? Oh no, he sings a different song. So, so he when sings, he's like he... at home, sad, and he sings a song. Yes, yeah, that, that's that is the that, best part of the whole movie. That so that to me, that is so. I love that part so much because we've all been there where we've just been too sad to do the art that we usually do to help us feel happy. <laughs> Yeah. And then he's like, it's not really good enough. I don't want to do it, but you got to do it. And he's doing the voices back and forth. But then the actual, yeah, because the way you hear the puppet song at the bar and then you see the full on production, yeah. which yeah. is like very good quality is like it's amazing too good quality. I wish well, it wasn't so good. That's well, just once me. again, once again, it's not, you know, you can you can turn into some real magic in a short amount of time. Remember, at the beginning of this podcast, when we found out the background of full blown meltdown and yes. the amount of time it took. <laughs> yes. Fair. You see how I fucking tie shit together? Yeah, that's right. Anyway, so it, <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying theater text would not have him throwing that much confetti and streamers into the audience and have like bats falling from the ceiling on a track. Well, that's because most mention- theater texts are cowards, but he found the ones that are about the art form <laughs> and about pushing the boundaries, sir. Christopher. <laughs> 
I fucking love the the puppet play thing, and I do think it's really. I will say, like, it's funny. It's fun. Like, there is a love story developing between Mila Kunis's character Rachel and Jason Segel's character Peter, but is it doesn't really feel overt. Like it's like I feel like the real love story in the movie is Peter learning to, to love himself, feet, love himself, and yeah, become dude. whole after Sarah destroys his heart. Yep. And I love, like, I also love the moment of, because there's a moment in this movie that I feel like a lot of people, when they go through a breakup and were really, really hurt by somebody, they don't get to have this moment in real life. So to be able to see this moment in a movie is kind of cool, but also fake, where uh, when Sarah gets broken up and yeah. Peter's consoling her and Sarah tries to seduce him and get, you know, rekindle the relationship. And Peter's like, nah, like, I'm. Um, Yep. I don't yeah. like I'm standing up for myself and no, like I also love that the movie has She's that like, of just hard like, for me, but he's like, maybe I do it doesn't want to be around you right now. Hey, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's just it's just also I think like the main love story of the movie is just this dude who like tried to on a whim go to Hawaii to like be like maybe some beaches are gonna make me feel happier. Yeah, and somewhere then just beautiful. The, the, the poor, the poor luck of showing up to the I same mean... hotel. But then, but then through that, like he's like he's genuinely trying to make, like he's sad. Like he's obviously very sad, but yeah. he's trying his best to like make the most out of his time. And then through that time, yeah, everybody he loves him. Everybody yeah. at the resort loves him too. Do you want to say anything before you get going? Is there anything you don't want to add anything? Okay, my girlfriend just walked in. We watched it together. Sometimes she wants to say stuff. Um, <laughs> but like he's and he's slowly like the like the real like the proof that it's like he learned to feel like l like love himself and be himself again is the fact that he actually got to play make. I think yes, really like. That's like the underlying theme of like, mm -hmm. there's been this thing that he's been wanting to do, but he's held back probably because he's been focusing on mm -hmm. his his bad relationship with Sarah Marshall or, mm -hmm. you know, working on the TV show, which is like, you know, paying the bills, but you clearly not what he what he wants to do. And then the fact that after basically his entire world crumbles because his relationship falls apart Five and then years. and but then the fact that like through that, he ends up learning to be more of himself and accepting himself and be happy and then finally creates this dream project of his which is very funny that it's a puppet play about vampires but <laughs> but at the same time i mean also it explains because jason siegel loves fucking the muppets and that yeah it's actually kind of cool knowing that the puppets that were in the movie were created by jim hansen's creature shop which then mm -hmm. later down the road he was in the, the muppet movie so it actually is kind of cool where it's like he probably included it in because he was a big Muppets fan. And then the fact that he got to be in the mo movie Look, later on was pretty cool. Yep. He, he wrote the Muppet movie, too. Like, this guy is, I would, it, it, this man could consider his life a very good success. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, a lot of this movie is, like, really cool on a, he's, like, good for you level. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, I think... We we haven't really talked much about it, but like Rachel is cool. She's also got like a a story of her own, which is like I came out here, followed a boyfriend, wanted to go back to school, you know. And then at the end, she's talking about looking at schools out uh, in L.A. Right. Um, and I think that's 
great. Like she's also needed that push. She found somebody that kind of inspired her to make that jump and whether or not they end up together is, you know, beside the point, which I think bolsters the point of this movie isn't a a love story or a rom-com for, for a couple necessarily, but rather for Jason Siegel to love himself. And I think that's an important distinction to have here on a rom-com, but it also means that this movie doesn't qualify anymore. Scrap the whole episode. <laughs> We're not doing this right now. Um, that said, I mean, there's a lot to talk about still because it's just such a good movie, but I think we, we should get into the roses and thorns. We should, uh, we should wrap this up. We've been going for a while, even though like 20 of, 20 minutes of that was us talking about how great full-blown meltdown is, which I will reiterate full-blown meltdown. Great job with the record. Can't wait for the future of the band and, and please check them out. Oh, um, actually real quick. One last thing. I also yeah. really like the part where as much as it's to say the main love story mm-hmm. is Jason Siegel mm-hmm. loving himself. I do love the love story between Rachel and Peter because yes. it is very much where she's just we, like, you're just here for a little bit. Who gives a fuck? And then, like, yeah. you can tell real feelings are starting to develop to, between them. Yep. And I think, like, the real sweet icing on the cake moment is when he goes into the bathroom to get her topless photo and, yeah. like, gets in a fight over it. Yes. I I, oh, dude, so good. Like, that whole thing is just, like, that, like, just doing that and showing her, like, how much he, like, really cared was just, like, I don't yeah. know. It was just a very sweet moment to see. And I love when rom-coms have a sweet moment where it's like, yes, I get it. It's fake. It's all written. But like one where it's like, I don't know. It's like something where it's like, if is if, if that moment felt like in real life could happen where a guy was like, yes. I care about this girl and she hates that I'll this thing I'll also say it didn't come with the expectation of every anything. I think that he just mm-hmm. wanted, he wanted to apologize for sure, but I don't think he was gunning for this will get her back to me. I think it was more like, you know what? I I can't shake this. What's this thing that she wants gone? What's this thing that she wants done? Like, and I and I think that that's uh, real sweet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So without without further ado, let's move on to the roses and thorns mm-hmm. uh, of the movie. Chris, do you want to lead us off? Yeah, I'll lead off. Roses goes to the entire staff. Honestly, the roses yeah. go to all of the side characters of the movie. I feel so like so many great ones. Not that the main characters aren't good or anything like that, but the I think the side character. I love when a movie, yeah, like to me, a good testament of a comedy is like if the main characters are good. Yeah, of course, obviously that's necessary. But when the mm. side characters make you want to see them more. I feel like about the universe of the movie. It's so exactly good. like it goes to show where it's like you didn't just phone it in with the side characters who just kind of say set up lines and then disappear. Like you even you made sure that everybody was watchable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love when comedies do that. Um, another rose goes to Jason Siegel's penis. Another rose goes. To- <laughs> 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 Another rose goes to uh, the vampire puppet play. Just truly the surprise at the end of seeing it full blown and made is just so great. And then lastly, the I'm depressed, but I need the right music, but I don't want to write it song is just truly I love Mm it. Uh, Thorns goes to the length of this movie. Judd Apatow, go fuck yourself. Why does every movie of yours have to be at minimum two hours? (laughs) Seriously. Like every Judd Apatow movie, I don't care which one, every Judd Apatow movie could could be 50, at minimum 15 minutes shorter. Um, so Thorn goes to that. Uh, another, And this is how I want to make it clear what I'm about to say this next Thorn. This is how mm-hmm. I would feel before the news, recent news came out. 
I would have felt this exact same way. Thorne goes through Russell Brand being on my TV screen. I yes, <laughs> I was always, and I'm not just saying that because of the recent no, stuff. No, I know. I have, I have never understood America's obsession over the most raggedy looking British men that uh-huh. they come over to America and just everyone fucking squirts over their presence. And uh-huh. I've, I've never understood it, especially with Russell Brand. I never got it. I never understood mm-hmm. why we were so obsessed with him. He would like a broke a broke clock is right twice a day. So sure, he had funny moments, but I mm. never understood the appeal. So uh finding out that he's a monster, uh, I mean it sucks that you know he he did terrible things to people, but also, haha. Um yeah, yeah I'm I glad mean, that we all hate him now. <laughs> I'm on his Wikipedia right now, and his uh his his there's a section called sexual misconduct allegations, and there are three subsections four subsections to it like uh yeah yeah i mean you know you're uh, bad when your wikipedia has to be updated to where there's a whole section yes dude it's not just one thing yeah it's not like in personal life it's a it's like new paragraph uh you know doesn't do good things with finances like when it has to be a whole like hyperlinked section (laughs) it's fucked yeah it's fucked. Um, is that your, all your roses and thorns, Chris? Yeah, that that's all, all right. mine. Will take us away. Your turn, yeah, dude. I, I obviously, you know, my boy, Kuna. He, he's got to be my my number one rose. Hey, if I'm giving out roses, he's the first one to get one. Paul Rudd every single time. Secondly, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm giving out, am I just giving roses for first, or am I going back and forth? Should I just you give can, out my roses? You can do first? whatever you want to do. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I got to give a rose to Mila Kunis, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think everybody would appreciate that because she legitimately might only be in that movie for five minutes, but she's five of the best minutes of that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's I mean, fantastic. I like Mila. She's oh, every yeah. most of the things that she's in, if not all, is like her, like she's a great comedic actor. And she's she very is. funny. And she's just I, always, she's like she one of those comedic of actors movie. where it just feels more natural than like she's trying to be funny. Mm. yes uh i gotta give a huge thorn though man to jonah hill like as much as the staff was cool and everything jonah hill drives me crazy man (laughs) in that movie his character drives me crazy it's so perfect but it's the whole like him sucking up the whole time every time he's on the screen he's finding a new way to suck up i was like bro this dude is driving me nuts even though i love jonah hill and other stuff before this um Mm. And then I got to give, obviously, my biggest thorn. You got to give it to Sarah Marshall. I mean, the whole movie mm. is named after her because she's <laughs> such a horrible person. Yeah. And who has not been in a relationship with an absolutely horrible human being? Like, we have yeah. all been there at one yeah. point in our lives. We get and, flashbacks and, to her being a little bit, like, demeaning in her. But we get, like, she's a fully rounded person in that she's like, you know, we get her on the red carpet with Peter and kind of brushing him off to the side and making him hold stuff. And like that comes with the territory of like you're dating somebody famous and you're not like that might happen. But she, there's no instance of her like kind of, you know, chiding the photographers for speaking poorly to him. There's yes. also like her her reaction to his musical like she might not get it. She's trying to be supportive, but it, it comes off as like it's pointless, you know, and and the yeah, but, horse, but like, then there, there's there's the biggest the cheating. cheating on him for a year. That's it, dude. For That's the year, thing that yeah. made me hate her because we yeah. have all been with someone awful like that. Yeah. Like and, and yeah. as soon as you find cheating that part out, good. it makes you realize like, damn, dude, 
Like that, yeah. that has happened in my life and probably everyone else's life. And that's what got him on that surfboard to ride away for the first time is finding yeah, out that dude. it had been a year. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's funny, too, because when I saw this movie for the first time, it was mm. last year. Yeah, last year. And the person who I was dating at that time was equivalent to Sarah Marshall. So it was just very it, it was it was very much like watching a movie about a bad person. And then you look over, you're like, you kind of you have a lot of similarities <laughs> with this, this bad person. It's the same thing of that same person I watched. What's the fucking Natalie Portman? Bro, this Ashton isn't Kutcher. the same person that we know the person is same, is it? Uh, what, what was it called? No Strings Attached? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, No Strings Attached. That was also another movie where the whole time she was like, this is like one of my favorite movies. And then I was like, oh, because Natalie Portman's character is very emotionally detached. You. Like you. Okay, yes. all right, go. I got, oh. got it, got it, got it, got it. Got it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was, it, it, it was very, like you said, you're like, oh, we all know Sarah Marshall. And I was like, yeah, I was... <laughs> I saw this movie. Dude, that makes yeah. it way worse, honestly. I'll I think that's why when I first saw it, so much. What, uh, well, I want to, I want to confirm. I, I don't know if I have my, I have my hunches that I was, but I don't know if I was cheated on. But the whole point of what I was going to say was, I think when I first saw it, I didn't enjoy it as much as I could have because it was just like uh-huh. oh i think i think i'm with this person and then the second time i saw it i was just like oh, okay Ooh. this movie's much more enjoyable when I'm <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> um okay well i'll uh i'll hit with my roses and thorns uh i'll go with i i think a rose goes to the scene between kristen bell and mila kunis at the front desk it was just like good acting in a in a comedy like it felt layered it was really really good i thought that was so fun Another mm-hmm. rose goes to Jason Siegel, writer and actor in this. Like, you know, when Bill Hader, he's talking to he's like, Sarah is nothing like Liz. And Bill Hader's like, you really want to do this right now? And that pause before Jason Siegel's like, yes, it was so funny. Um, <laughs> the moment when he's like doing a recording for for crime scene and they go through the scene and it's like Billy Baldwin and Sarah Marshall just like, hey, blah, 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 blah. Uh, can you say blank? And he's like, yeah, I got it. I can do the tones. And he just plays Seinfeld's theme song. Like that was so <laughs> funny. Um, a rose Dang. goes to how much they fleshed out this world, like all the side characters, the bartender, the the guy who gives them a little extra uh, booze in the morning. The Kimu who tells him you got to stop crying. You're being a little. Come with me. Let's slaughter a pig together. Uh, and of course the the newlyweds. Uh, Bill Hader and his wife are great. Like all the side characters in this movie really make the experience of this movie just mm-hmm. so much better. And I think that's a credit to the writing of this movie. Like I really really enjoyed this space of the movie. It didn't feel like you know you could do another. And of course, the crux of it wouldn't be the same, but like you can get that staff in another movie and people would be stoked with that. So I really, really like this movie. I'll say uh, Thorn again. Russell Brand and Jonah Hill are in this movie like that's that that's a tough pill to swallow when they're not great people. Russell Brand being who he is. And that's the biggest one. Really fuck that guy. Um, But all all said and done Thorns. I don't have many. I don't have many. I really love this movie. I had fun watching it again for the first time in years. And uh, I think that's it. That's where I'm at. Oh, wait. No, hold on a second. Fuck puppets. There we go. So that does it for <laughs> We Do Get a Rose. 
and uh we're gonna we're gonna call this episode to a close thank you so much to will for joining us and picking a banger of a movie uh and once again check out full-blown meltdown and that is at full-blown mlt dwn on social media platforms and the new album mollify out for your consumption and enjoyment dude oh, thank yeah. you guys so much for having me this of was course. a blast oh Thanks so happy to have you really again i can't tell you enough love the album love 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 the album it's so good and uh that does it for us chris is there anything that you want to plug that we haven't already talked about no nah, i got right. i got nothing uh keep just... an eye on the link trees Keep an eye on the link trees. Uh, if you ever pass into Seattle, come to a good comedy show. Our next one is going to be a part of the Wet City Comedy Festival that the Crocodile oh, nice. is running. So come through. The lineup uh, has not been confirmed yet, but when it is, it's going to be some real, real banger of a lineup. Uh, so, yeah. But I can't say who because uh, uh, no yeah. one has said yes yet. <laughs> so- <laughs> Christopher. <laughs> So, but, uh, but yeah, come through to that. Uh, and, but the, the most important plug is listen to my Mikey, sweetie, baby, honey, my lovers podcast about magic, the gathering. Uh, you should listen to that. Am I the bowl cast based on Am my I the bowl? Cause Am I, I knew the it. You didn't have to repeat it. I gave it no, five right. stars yeah, on Apple, <laughs> Apple no, podcasts. Only and, review up right now. <laughs> and I'm, I'm currently I'm currently spamming every podcast that exists in their comment section saying, this is cool, but you know what's even cooler? <laughs> this nice. other podcast about... That, that's a true better. friend right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. And thank you so much, everybody listening. I love you very much. Be sure to leave a review. Tell us we you're doing a great job. We love you. Thanks for listening. Wow. Good night, everybody. Uh Uh-oh, it's nighttime, apparently. That's what I'm doing, is I'm going to say it's nighttime now. And I think this is the ending theme. Oh, that's not it. Where's the ending theme? Oh, there it is. That just kind of stopped abruptly. Okay, bye, everybody.